It is so important for us as believers and as the saints to have conversations around identity, to have conversations around roles Mm -hmm. uh, because of our identity. Uh, That's why we're here today. That's why we're here to talk about. At every instance, we are being deconstructed we i as a as a woman i'm being questioned as a wife i'm being questioned Mm. as a mother i'm being questioned and ryan you as a husband as a a man as a father like and how all of these relationships interact these are being uh chipped away at by the lies of our culture uh they're not being rooted in the truth and so this is why we're here we're here to talk about these things in light of scripture with the truth because it's getting pushed aside, it's getting broken down, and it's going to be—it's—it's it's trying to get thrown out. And we're here to say, nope, God's way is here to stay. There we go. That'll tweet, right? <laughs> I don't sure. even tweet. I'm not even on Twitter. So today is dedicated to looking at the biblical roles as God has given them to us, namely in Ephesians five. It's going to be a good episode. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Oh man, I'm sure glad you're the head because I forgot we were even on the other side. A runaway train action going on. I was just like, we're just jumping in. Here we go. So we were talking about deconstruction. The crazy thing is, you had mentioned a few a few aspects of someone's identity. You talked about your womanhood. You talked about your uh, wifehood. Talking about motherhood in some ways. You didn't mention it, but I think that's in there. Uh, Also, just as a Christian, right? Christianhood. And, and if, if we want to really get into it, like your sexuality is being de- uh, deconstructed, race has become this big explosive thing to talk about now, ethnicity, all that kind of stuff. It's like everything is up for grabs <laughs> and everything mm. means anything. We're a marriage podcast, so we're going to talk about all that stuff, but we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about all that stuff. We're going to focus <laughs> in on marriage. Excuse me. I, need, I needed less caffeine today, apparently. <laughs> we're going to talk about it all, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I made a mistake. <laughs> Forgive me. All right. Um, so anyway, before we do that, um, let's jump into some of our housekeeping. Please make sure to follow, rate, and review the Fierce Marriage Podcast in your podcasting platform of choice. If you want to partner with us, you can do that through patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's benefits there, but the big thing is that you pray about it. If God leads you to partner with us, we would be honored. That is how our family survives in in most ways so thank you in advance for considering that if not we'll continue doing what we're doing uh, because we just want to bless you and god has called us to this and it's an honor to be doing it mm. finally um we haven't mentioned it but gospelcenteredmarriage.com that is our place for all of our online learning resources uh, our hope is that we can help you and your spouse get on the same page and you can, you can connect and stay connected like never before so if you want to learn about that go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com okay so we're continuing this conversation on um, biblical roles, and namely the identities that we carry as spouses. So me as a husband, you as a wife, and by extension, husbands and wives who might be listening to this episode. And our whole the whole premise of this, okay, and maybe it, it bears repeating. It's worth repeating. Mm-hmm. We talked about it last week, but we aren't trying to to read our opinions, our desires into Scripture, okay? I think man left to his own, woman left to her own, we won't arrive at these conclusions, I don't right. think. We'll I think God's word has a way of of uh, of aligning us uh, t- to His 
physics, I would say, the way that he's designed the universe to work, the way he's designed relationships, marriage to work, and he's given us his word to to come underneath that authority. Mm -hmm. And all of last week's episode was dedicated to looking at some of these critical passages. All right, We looked at the idea of submission. We looked at why that's a tough idea mm-hmm. to swallow and how we should we should give up kind of our baggage at the door and mm-hmm. we should accept God's vision for submission and how submission is not a terrible thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And how submission is not about hierarchy. It's not about power. It's not about uh, status. It's all about order. Mm. It's all about just the way God designed it. Just like if you try to build your house upside down, it's going to collapse. But if you build your house on a sound foundation, you build the walls first and you put the roof on, there's an order to that. Does that mean the walls aren't good because the roof's on top? No, it just means that with there's an order for flourishing. Mm. Okay. And so it's not about power hierarchy or status. It's about order. And that's a good thing. And we can get behind it, right. the biblical idea. So today we're talking about, um, how this, the, idea, the ideas of headship and submission have been kind of distorted. So maybe we just spend a few minutes talking through that. I know it's not necessarily in the outline, Selena, but how have these roles been distorted? If we take, if we take as truth, which we should, for, uh, or excuse me, Ephesians 5, where it says, Husbands or wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as, the Christ, is the, even as Christ is the head of the church at mm-hmm. his body. And is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So, if we hear that, those words, submit to your husbands, be his helper. Uh, Husbands, love your wives, be her head. Um, What are some distortions of that? The two uh, sins that we kind of see or the distortions that we see are the sins of aggressiveness or aggression and the sins of passivity. So hmm. um, for a husband, uh, aggressive, he might take on the tyrannical role because he's the head and this is what he does. Or uh, he might just be completely passive and lazy uh, and doesn't engage at all. So there's um, both of those are right. land you in sin. Um, for the wife, um, she may just usurp her husband's role and take on, you know, this aggressive, like, well, if he's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to lead. Um, Or a passivity being kind of a doormat of like, well, he said, and he's the head, and I guess I just have to do what he says, and even if it goes against, you know, what God's telling me kind of thing. So Yeah, so we see in in the garden there's these these roles that exist, and then there's the fall has twisted these things, and there's these sins of aggression, sins of passivity. Right, the fall brought uh, a distortion kind of of the roles. It brought in pain. Uh, and it brought in, I think, more toil around those roles. Right. And so let's read. Um, last week, we, we covered Gen- uh, Genesis 1 and 2 and kind of established how even in the garden, these roles existed. These roles themselves, the headship and the helpership, aren't a result of the distortion, right? Right. They're not a result of the fall. They were there before the fall, but they've been they've been twisted and distorted. So this is to help you, spouse, who you feel like, wife, I'm talking to you now, your husband maybe is so passive, like you can't get him to engage or you can't get him, like he's just, he's just mean to you or he's, he's a tyrant. You feel like he is, um, he's not loving towards you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would be a distortion of the headship piece. He's using his authority for sin, whether it's passivity or aggression. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wife, husband, if you feel like, you know what, no matter what you do, your wife won't follow you. She won't, she won't get, she won't get on board. She mm-hmm. won't, she won't be your teammate. She's always undermining you. 
mm-hmm. or if you feel like she's a complete, she's a dorm, she's a doormat. In other words, she's totally passive. Uh, she doesn't push back. And what happens is you can get couples who have shared sins of aggression and right. passivity. Right. Usually they, they compliment one another and they use that word. Yeah. Like you have one who's aggressive and the other one ends up being passive as a result. So you have a tyrant. And so now you have the wife who just says, whatever, whatever, honey, she's a enabler, right? Right. Or you have, uh, the wife who is, uh, she she wants to be the authority. She wants to be the head, which we'll talk about that next. Or she may not want to, but she feels like she has to because of the yeah. passivity of her husband. And so, Interesting. Yeah. It's funny how they kind of push and pull, right? right? So let's right. look at those distortions. Celine, do you want to read this passage? This is Genesis uh, three fourteen. Is that right? Yeah. Or do you, yeah. Okay, go um, ahead. How far did you want me to read? Um, actually, let's start in verse 16, 316. Okay. To the woman he said... I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Hmm. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Hmm. Um, He continues to go on about yeah. What's going to happen? I think so, the, the crux of that is in the, the woman's, the part, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing and pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Right? So there's this sense that if I, I'm going to want his, as a wife, okay, or you as a wife, right. you're going to want, um, not just, it's not for him, it's not desire for him, but it's desire for his place, his position, right. his role. Right. But he shall rule over you right. in a way that is, it grates on you. Right. Um so again, we see conflict being introduced into the relationship, right? And there's this um, mm. between Adam and Eve, and, and a desire on Eve's part to rebel against Adam's authority, right? So he shall rule over you. Uh, that word "rule" in Hebrew, the mashal, I think, is it's mm. it is a it's used more for like a monarchical government term, not generally like within a family, but it does imply that there's a like um, a ruling or a Right. A, a hierarchy. A hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. The authority there. Right. And so um, it's suggesting that like there is now going to be like he will rule over you. Like it's suggesting that there's going to be a harshness rather than kindness because of the brokenness that sin has now brought. Um, and there's wow. also kind of a sense here that Adam uh, might use his mis- misuse his authority. Right. So we see the sins of aggression here toward his wife. And so we have pain. We have conflict. We have um a distortion of the roles uh, in this hmm. all being brought in in chapter three, and wow. the the cool thing about this, and a lot of this is in uh, systematic theology uh, by Wayne Grudem. It's an incredible book to just have on your shelf. You can look up anything, um, and it gives a great account. But um, I think the thing that we want to speak to, because when you you look at Genesis three, you see the fall, you see these words of. Uh, the woman is going to want to desire the man's position, but he will rule over her and she will, her pain, her now, her role of bearing children will now be multiplied. Like things will be brought now Mm -hmm. in in pain, things, life (laughs) and children. I'm talking about both roles and work and toil. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we see this, God is saying, these are the things that are are now going to happen. And then we see, you know, Christ comes on the scene yeah, the first Hundreds gospel of there. years later, right? The redemption of Thousands, Christ yeah. is aimed at like removing the results of sin and the fall. Yeah. So in Ephesians 5, when wives are called to submit, it is, I think, in part a reference to Genesis 3 of women, you're, you're 
your distortion now of wanting to usurp your role as a believer now, as one who's professing Christ, you're mm. now called to live out in this way of submission. And this is, again, this is not a hierarchical thing. This is an order thing so that the order will then produce the harmony and the peace and the unity yeah. and the flourishing that God designed it for. And husbands, you're called to love your wives. Why? Because when God said in Genesis 3, he shall rule over you, there's a suggested harshness, right? Like he's going to now rule over you. And Christ yeah. came to redeem all this. Therefore, following Christ as a husband, you are now called to love your wife. So it's wow. it's an interesting um, relationship. That's so profound because that's, I mean, that's what Paul is getting at for all Ephesians is saying like, this is the reality, your spiritual, your inheritance Mm -hmm. as one of God's own now, as a, as a saint, as he says, as a citizen, as a saint, as a, as a member of the household of God, that's in, that's in Ephesians two, you are brought into this new reality, this, this redeemed reality. So this distortion that happened in Genesis three, and now he's saying in in Ephesians five, correct it. Here's yeah. how we correct it. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. And there's a lot to be said around that. But uh, one of the things I heard someone say is it's easy for wives to um, to love. And it's it's in some ways it's easy for men to submit because we kind of respect is kind of one of our native languages, mm-hmm. right? Respect for one another. Always wanting respect. Always wanting to give respect. Loves women, generally speaking. Um, want, love, give, love a lot more easily. And again, this is generally speaking. It's not scriptural. It's just kind of my own commentary. The point is this. Paul is writing this. He's writing a wrong, is what I'm saying. Right. And that's what Ephesians 5 is doing. So let's let's step through well, He's that. bringing Christ on the scene, right? And how Christ has redeemed yes. this brokenness yes. uh, in the roles and relationship right, between because, husbands and Because wives. you don't just submit. You submit as unto, unto the Lord. Yes. You don't just love. You love as Christ has loved you. Yes. So he brings Christ in front and center he and is says, the now way, it is the redeemed truth. through the Redeemer only. Right. Through the Redeemer's way, not your own way. Right. Because... As believers, we are we are wow. in Scripture all called equally to surrender. Like you look at Romans twelve, right? Romans twelve one and two. Um, we're we're called to surrender to the Lord. We're both called to into service, um, and we're called to um, just be dedicated to right. each other. Uh, I think we read that in First Corinthians in hmm. in terms of just like sexual intimacy. Like there there is this equal. There's an equality in those areas and giving unto one another freely. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not about power hierarchy; it's about order, and that's a good thing. So let's let's walk through these uh, verses twenty two through twenty four. Okay. I'm going to go by word by word, almost. Um, it's not going to be a, a bedrud. It's not going to be what's the word? It's not going to be drudgery, <laughs> um, but it'll be, I think, really helpful. So let's read it. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Mm-hmm. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything. Mm-hmm. To their husbands. So that's Ephesians 5, 22 to 24. So the first line, wives, submit. Right. And we mentioned this, I think, first thing in yeah. the last episode, because my husband likes to just jump in and we're going. And I was like, wait, I thought, I'm okay, here we are. Here we are. But <laughs> the wives submit. Again, a big piece of this is how we read this word, that word submit, and how we understand it. If It's very telling. Our response to that word is very telling of yes. what we believe. So Submission is not to be uh, subjugated or subservient. Uh, biblical submission, as described throughout Scripture, is never conflated with inferiority. That's important. It's never conflated with inferiority. In other words, don't read inferiority into the text. Because mm. culturally, that's kind of what we've done. Yeah. But we must not read that into this text. When 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 the Bible says wives submit, it doesn't mean wives 
be inferior to your husband. Right. That's not what it's saying. So submission is not negative in scripture. It right. just it just is what it is. It's like saying love. Mm. Right? It's like love is a thing, submission is a thing, both of them are good. Right. Right. Can we wrap our heads around that? And that is so we said that last episode is that is absolutely critical. But here's the thing, that only becomes negative when we read uh the negative meaning into the text and we do right. it in two different ways. Okay? We read it we we read into that word a subjugation by or subjugation by assigning to Paul or God motives that they have or that the um, we think, we they, think have they have yeah. to keep women beneath men. That is not, I can tell you, how can I say this more clearly? God and Paul, neither of them, in this case, scripture, so God does not want to keep women beneath men. I, can I just say that very clearly? Instead, he wants men and women to flourish together mm-hmm. alongside one another. Okay, so that's the first one. We can, we can see submission is negative when we read wrong intentions into the mind of God. Okay, we cannot, mm. we must not do that. The second way we read submission in a negative way is that we ourselves desire power. Yeah. And we see this as the lever by which it is either taken away or reclaimed for ourselves. Yeah. So it's funny to me how the people who are most concerned with power are the ones that want it the most. Wow. I'm sorry, but you think about like yeah. any sort of political movement, um, any sort of... Hey, like we're somebody, sticking to marriage here, mister. I'm, I'm just going to say in general, <laughs> somebody who's got... This is kind of their hobby horse where it's all about like you know, um, defeating the patriarchy, like smashing the patriarchy or whatever that, that thing is, yeah. whether it's in the church or in, in the world, they're the ones that want power. Like they're just fighting tooth and nail to get the thing that they want. And right. so it's the irony of that is you're not changing the structure of things. You're just flipping the pyramid right. on its head right. so that you can now be on the top. So, so this idea, we must not read our yes. negative versions or negative definitions of submission right. into the text. We have to understand the true biblical definition of submission. Yeah. And I love how Rachel Green Miller says it. Um, she's the author of Beyond Authority and Submission, uh, Women men, women and Men in Marriage, Church, and Society. Um, she's an incredible author and speaker, um, but she talks about submission of a wife to her husband is not subordinating or making her less than or inferior to her husband, but it is a voluntary submission of an equal. Yeah. Um, it's something she does oh. out of respect for her husband and in recognition to her ultimate Lord. Um I think mm. Stephen Tracy said it also, which she quoted, saying a voluntary a submission is a voluntary yielding to another in love. Um, so again, if we're yeah. looking at Ephesians and we're looking at this passage specifically, we're seeing uh, an emphasis on how we are caring for one another, how we are loving one another, how as believers uh, we're called to live out these different roles as wife, as children, as parents, right? Children, honor your parents. Yeah. Um, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Yeah. Um, it's very clear that these are, this is instructional as well as like dealing with the heart of how are, as a believer, you are called in this way to care for your uh, husband. Yeah. Someone outside of that, not there's all these distinctives, right? Uh, it's a function of the relationship, the marriage relationship. Yeah. So again, we're parsing through this scripture, Ephesians five, um, wives submit. That's the first piece now to your own husbands. Right. So this is really critical and this is how we've distorted it in culture and in the church. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately is it's evolved into something that's more like wives submit to all men, Right. women submit to all men. That's not scriptural. Women are not called to submit to every other man. All right. Uh, they are called to submit to their own husbands, not to all men. So here's a funny thing. I, I watched R.C. Sproul talk on this a little bit. And he said the Greek word beneath own is actually the same word that from which we get the word idiosyncrasies, hmm. which idiosyncrasies has to do with a person's unique quirks and personality traits, things like that. But he said this. He says it's also the same word that is used to derive the word idiot. <laughs> 
So it's almost as if Paul is saying, wives, uh, submit to your idiot husbands. <laughs> and he, oh we all goodness. got a good laugh. Right. It was funny. But the point is, is that there is, there's a very specific own in there. It's your right. husband. It's not, yes. we were talking about this um, before, yeah. like you're not, so we have elders in our church. That's how our church functions. And we believe that there is a, um, there's a, a specific call to elders and, and, and specifically men in the church to uh, serve the church a, as elders. And so it's a unique calling. And we were talking about it and, and I said, Selena, you, you asked me, do I need to submit to Ray? Now Ray is a good, like probably my best friend. He's an awesome guy. Uh, he's one of the elders alongside me and two other guys. And you said, so do I need to submit to Ray? And I said, well, only in the same sense that I also have to submit to Ray as one of my elders. Because <laughs> right. I wasn't, and I understood the question that I was asking. We just wanted to yes. vocalize what it was. I wasn't truly asking. Like, Yeah, but you don't have to, you don't have to submit to every guy in the congregation just because he's a guy. It's because he's right. a man. That's not what scripture tells us. And so that's a really, um, it's submit to your own husband. Right, again, uh, yeah. the submission is a function of the relationship. If yes. you're talking about church and we're talking about elders and that structure, then yes, there's a submission there. But outside of church and in the household, there is a different submission functions differently in that uh, yes. relationship. So Yes, and, and we see that work out in the workplace where it's like, you know, we talked about it in the last episode, how there's been sexism and things like that just because men have distorted their role mm-hmm. and it's become a societal distortion mm-hmm. where now women are um, not equal, equally valued in the workplace or in whatever, in voting rights or in the past or whatever way there's been women's rights that have been eroded that aren't against biblical things. Okay. Right. So there are some aspects of like second and third wave feminism that we would absolutely push back on fourth wave feminism now that we would ap- absolutely push back on from a biblical standpoint. But in the first wave feminism, there were all this, that was, those are just, those are responses to distortions in male headship yeah. that men somehow got in their heads, the idea that all women should be in submission to them. That's not biblical. So to your own husbands, that's what Paul's saying. Okay. And then the next part as to the Lord, right? So this is not a blind or baseless submission. Submission to husband, to, to, submission to your husband should never trump obedience and submission to Christ. Right. Okay. So this this comes up a lot. So one of the examples that we talked about is yeah. if a husband saying, "No, I'm not going to go to church, and I'm not going to let you go to church either." What does a wife do in that? A wife do in that case? She says, "I'm sorry. I really want to be on the same page with this, but I am I am not allowed to forsake the gathering of the saints." God has said, gathering is important. I am going to gather. I'm sorry, I cannot support you in that. Okay, that that's that's an example here. So um, in any case where, uh, here's, what, here's what Sproul says, the scripture tells us we may disobey authority whenever that authority commands them, commands us to do something God forbids or forbids us from doing something that God commands. Hmm. And that I think that would apply for wives in this case, because we're talking about, we're talking about wives here. So as the Lord. Um, the next line is, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ, Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Right. So the word head, so for the husband is the head. Again, we talked about that last time. Um, in this case, head does have an authority connotation there. Um, but here's another, some other ways to think about it. A representative, right. a responsible party, the shepherd, right. um, the one who bears the weight yeah. of the decision, the one who... Um, it, it, we don't want to lose the servant piece in there because that's definitely in there, but, and we'll talk about that next. So that's the head piece. So his body, okay? So for the husband is the head of his wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body. Hmm. So um, there's 1 Corinthians 7, um, verse 3. You want to look that up, but we'll listen or do that on your own time. <laughs> um, 
why here's a question I want to ask. So talking about loving your your bride as your own body, why would a husband or Christ for that matter want to harm their own mm-hmm. body? Like we want our bodies to thrive. It is your body, it's his. It's and Christ's the the, the church is Christ's body. It's it's right. our joy to see the body thrive and flourish in every way. Yeah. So if I'm loving you like my own body, I'm wanting to meet your needs in ways that are even beyond my own. Mm. Because I don't know, there's just such a sacrificial timber to that. Right, right. And then the final piece is um, his body and is himself its savior. So yeah. there's a sacrifice there given to for the life of the other, mm. giving myself up for your life. Mm. And we talk about all the time, so the man goes down, so the girl goes free. Mm-hmm. Or the boy goes down, so the girls go, girls free, and that's referencing like, you know, taking one for the team or like jumping in front of jumping on the grenade sort of thing. Right, um, right. That's a sacrifice, and that's why why do why do boys why do men have this innate desire and this need and this hard wiring that says I will stand up for for a late for a girl, hmm. I will fight for her, I will defend her, I will def- not only just defend her physical, uh, like her, her physical safety, but I'll defend her honor hmm. because she is something different. She's set apart from all, she is she is to be protected and regarded as beautiful and to be held as beautiful. Right, and that is the conversation. Unfortunately, that is not as front and center as it should be. Um, it's battling, you know, things like pornography. It's battling hmm. um, cultural, the just the water we swim in, and the the messages that are being sent out about about who boys are, who they're supposed to be, or who they could be, and what they're supposed to do, and why hmm. they're supposed to do it, and all of these things, and the narrative is is fighting and battling for i think the hearts of our young men and so um it's just so good for me to even hear that again right having three daughters we have three girls hearing that mm. this is this is the heart of our savior right this is to to sacrifice to love to give to defend to honor to fight for to protect to provide for like this mm. what an embodiment we have at least i feel like i have First of all, in Christ, but then secondly, in my husband, to see those examples lived out day in and day out, um, a thousand percent. So, mm. um, so what does this mean? What is it? How can it for wives? How can we embrace this idea of submission joyfully? First of all, by understanding its true meaning that it is not an inferior or sub sub oriented right. uh, term. It's a call to order, not hierarchy. It's sure. not a grab for control. Um, when I really believe and grab onto that idea of submitting to God's authority and his word um, with joy and gladness and trusting his, that his design is good, uh, my aim then becomes more of one that is, you know, I want to be active and intelligent. I want to have joyful, joyful submission to hmm. my husband, right? I, I want those things, you know, and then there's always this like that decision of like, or that uh, the tension point of like, what about big decisions? Like, is it fifteen fifty one or what is that? <laughs> As a wife, I, you, I can absolutely be subject to the authority of my husband and still fully participate in decision making processes for our family. Yeah, um, that is one hundred percent right. And so, to the wife, um, we talked about briefly who might be married to an unbelieving husband. First Peter three talks about win him, winning him over with not just your words but your actions um, and modeling Christ to the unbelieving spouse. Um, there are also, you know, rewards and blessings for being a submissive wife. The honor is given to the godly wife. We see this in Proverbs 31. Um, my right understanding again of, of submission, my embracing of that, uh, will bring freedom, joy, and 
ideally a deeper desire to obey God's word through submission. Um, and one last kind of quote that is, I think, really encouraging um, for us is that as wives, uh, it's in the systematic theology, that when wives feel rebellious, resentful of their husband's leadership in the family, or when they compete with their husbands for leadership in the family, they should realize that this is a result of sin, a result of the fall. They should not act that way because to do so will bring destructive consequences to their marriages as well. A wife desiring to act accord- in accordance with God's pattern would rather be submissive to her husband and agree that he is the leader in their home and rejoice and rejoice in that. Hmm. Husbands, sorry, a wife, um, in avoiding the mistakes that we're talking about earlier uh, with the distortions of roles, uh, we can, as wives, we can discover, and again, this is Grudem saying, wives will discover the true true biblical manhood and womanhood in all of their noble dignity and joyful complementary as God created them to be and will thus reflect more fully the image of God in their lives. So hmm. I can be actively engaged. I can be submissive. I can be joyful. There's honor to be had in that, in, in taking on that belief and that understanding, that right understanding of submission. Yeah. And it's a call not to be limited. It's not to limit me. It's not to make me lower. It's not to um, keep me in my place. No, it's a call into flourishing. It's a call to, to for growth. It's a call to reflect who God is and what the work that Christ has done um, hmm. in my brokenness and my sin. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, it's it's helpful to hear you let you kind of process through it in real time. And I do want to follow up with one question: Is mm-hmm. have there been any moments in our marriage that um, you have felt this? You know, maybe the desire, or the difficulty in in kind of submitting in these biblical ways and yeah I, th- I mean i think this the submission part is hard when i feel that you're dealing with me harshly you know they said it exactly mm. like when there's a yeah. harshness there and there's a it feels like that's underlying or lined in with pride like then i'm just like i'm sorry who are you you know it, the the yeah. Lack of submission rises up yeah. in me because I'm like, you're not treating me with dignity and respect. How so? I'm supposed mm. to treat you like I'm supposed to submit to this. And yeah. well, there are those, and that's your response. There are those that would fold under that and say, and just kind of become a right the aggression or the passive. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I go to the aggressor sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's interesting. Um, wow. And so we'll 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 talk through kind of the the what I found here's actually that's the, this is the thought I had. It's interesting to me how those acts of aggression or that harshness, they're so relative and they can be so finely tuned for that couple. Mm. So like, don't take that tone with me. Or like anyone listening to me like, what tone? They're like, oh, you know, your spouse knows. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. You know each other. And you you hear things that, you hear things like you just know so, it's so finely tuned, the sensory, the senses that you have for one another. Yeah. And so like harshness is relative. Okay. So when Selena says I'm harsh, I mean, it's not that I'm like, Speaking. He's not, yeah. Like, I'm not berating you. I'm not yelling. I'm not like swearing, calling you. It's just like, there's just like little tones that feel harsh to you. Right. They feel harsh. Yeah. And that's the relative piece. And Sorry, every couple has their version of that. I'm not trying to throw you into the bus right. at all. <laughs> it's all right. It happens all the time on here. <laughs> um, and so every couple has their version of that. So as we're, like, don't just hear Ryan and Selena hashing through this, but think through yourselves. Like, how do you deal with each other harshly? How do you uh, usurp yeah. your husband, wife? Yeah. Husband, how do you deal with your wife harshly? How do you, how are you a tyrant? How are you passive? Mm. 
So speaking of husbands, let's go into the husbands now. <laughs> okay, so for husbands, let's let's go through this passage again, or just the husband side, continuing, I think, in verse 24, or yeah, 20, 24-ish. Um, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, mm. having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. I love how Paul leaves like leaves no room for ambigu- amb- ambiguousness there, right? He says, in the same way. Ambiguity. Ambiguity, thank you. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't let us get away with saying, oh, Paul's just totally, ta- it's an analogy. He's just talking about Christ in the church. Husbands, you're off the hook. It's really just about Christ in the church. No, Paul comes in and says, in the same way. <laughs> And we'll get on to what actually, what actually means. Husbands, love your wives in this way. So starting at the beginning of this passage, husbands, love your wives. Okay, so love being what it is. Okay, we've talked about love a lot. It's a marriage podcast. <laughs> but love is not an emotion. It's an action. It's a decision. Mm. It's a commitment. It's yeah. costly. Hear me there. Love is costly. In fact, love is the most costly, sacrificial, all-encompassing, and self-refusing command that could possibly be given to a man. There's no greater thing that can be asked of a husband toward his wife than love. So men should hear, okay, hear me now. We should hear this. We should respond soberly. We should respond diligently and we should do so with trembling. Men, love your wives as Christ has loved the church. Okay, so that's the next part. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So the sacrifice, giving himself up. We all know what Christ did on the cross, right? He died the sinner's death so that we might be raised with him in new life. He died for us so that we could have his righteousness. So Christ loved the church in that way. He gave himself up for her. So that responsibility, no one else can do, could do it but Christ. Just like no one can love your wife the way you're supposed to love her, mm. like you can. No one else can do it. That's your responsibility. It's your sacrifice. So there's the absoluteness of that. The absoluteness of it, the death of it, the anticipation of it, the ridicule of it, the utter resignation it is to the decree and promise of the Father. Men, we need to do that love our wives as Christ has loved the church, okay? That he might sanctify her. Okay, so this is, this gets a little bit kind of foggy because you're thinking, well, if I I love my wife so that she's somehow holy before God, I think there's something else that Paul is saying here. Mm. We don't make our wives holy before God, but our actions contribute to their holiness. Does that make sense? So it's Mm. through this type of love. If I'm loving my wife well as a disciple of Christ, I'm discipling her. Mm. I'm loving her as the daughter of the king. It's that type of love that Christ's sanctifying power is at work through from husband to wife. Mm. Does that make sense? So like, I mean, we can talk about, I don't know, I was going to say millions, that's probably exaggerating, but hundreds of examples where (laughs) my softness towards you has softened your heart toward me and toward God. Right. It's very disarming. Right. And so if I'm loving you sacrificially and I'm de-escalating, I'm I'm dying. Remember, Christ was ridiculed on the cross. I'm giving up my pride. I don't have to be right. In this case, sometimes I just need to love my wife. And what does that do? That disarms, that sanctifies, that cleanses in a very unique way. Um, and, and again, it's not for her salvation, but it is for her sanctification. Mm. That's, that's a beautiful thing. So uh, that he might sanctify her uh, in the same way. Okay. Husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Mm. So the Greek, here's where English kind of falls flat. English falls flat a lot. Um, 
compared to Greek and Hebrew. Hebrew, I mean, there's amazing languages, so much meaning packed in there. But so up above, and this is the theme, it says, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, it should say in exactly the same way as Christ has loved the church. That's how husbands should love their wives. Okay. So when Paul says in the same way, that's what he's talking about. In exactly the same way as Christ loved the church. Now you should love your wives as your own bodies. Who uh, He who loves his wife loves himself. So again, I'll, I'll reiterate what we kind of said on the, on the, um, the wife side of things, but no man hates his own body, right? Mm-hmm. And hear me out here, because I'm not talking about vanity. I'm talking about we just, we love our own bodies. We care for ourselves. We, we watch out for ourselves. We feed our appetites at great expense. <laughs> not just food, but our cravings, our desires, our wants, our needs, our, our, the things that we, that we seek after, right? We, we satisfy and feed our appetites at great expense. We mend our own wounds. We preserve our own lives. We groom our own hair and we tend to our cleanliness, okay? <laughs> but before doing all, all these things, when you recognize your wife is your own body, okay? So here's this. Here's the counterpoints. Feed her appetite, her righteous desires, her longings before feeding yourself. Mend her wounds even as you bleed out on the floor. Mm. Dress her. Care for her. Make her radiate with beauty before you worry about your own appearance or status. This is what it means to be the head to go before, to lead, to bear the full weight mm. of the rest of your body's health, to at any cost get what she needs to be alive and to thrive. That is a type of headship, men, we are called to in Christ. And it is only by trembling first in submission to Christ that we may serve our brides in the way that he serves his. And what other response can a wife have of other than joyful submission? Like it brings tears to my eyes just mm. hearing you saying those things. Like there's nothing more that I would want and mm. could desire than for somebody to love me in that way. Mm. And my response, how, how could it be anything else? I couldn't. Well, cause you have that trust and you know right. that I'm looking out for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not just looking out for myself. Right. You're not a means to my end. You are in a sense, my end. Yeah. Cause you, you are me and I'm going to fight for you in, mm-hmm. in every way that is, that matters. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this, uh, you can see how you can see, start to see why God gave us this design, mm. right? It's not just because so he's a tyrant or because he's trying to somehow subjugate w- right. women under the leadership of tyrannical men. Right. Instead, he's trying to help husbands and wives flourish. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to just reiterate what it is. So we, put, we went through Ephesians 5 and talked through the, the, wife's, version, the wife's side of it, the husband's side. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say clearly what it is um, to be in a... Uh, headship in the New Testament, um, what that actually means here. Um, it needs to be in the position of preeminence and in the position of leadership. So that means you were a leader. I love how they worded this in the podcast we listened to. They said, it's the lead, It's not a leader who serves, but a servant who leads. So good. So good. So the very starting point is that I'm not a leader who's doing the leader thing, which happens to be serving. Instead, it's no, I'm a servant by default. And now I lead as a service unto my wife. Mm. And so I'm leading again, with so her good. in mind. So good. I'm not just dragging her along, but I'm trying to lead her along. <laughs> Sometimes you drag me. <laughs> um, responsibility. Since again, this is what it is. This is what leadership and headship is. Responsibility. Final authority. All right. Now that sounds like, depending on how you read it, you might feel, well, great. You know, final authority. Perfect. He's going to. No, but like, if, if it you... comes down to it, I'm going to bear the brunt of this thing. Right. I'm responsible. I'm going to bear the brunt of it. Please just, Selena, if we disagree on something that we cannot agree, I'm just going to ask you to trust me. And if it goes wrong, it's on me. <laughs> it's on me, sweetheart. Right. And I, I promise that I will bear the brunt of that. And that's, that's by design. 
So good. Um, leadership in the home. Um, one of the examples we had of this is we do family worship, but mm-hmm. um, and we do it just about every morning. And any given morning, if I if I just ignore that responsibility, um, we've gotten in the habit to where you would probably pick up and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But if I ignore that responsibility over time, like I can almost guarantee you, our family will stop doing it mm-hmm. because you get busy, the kids get antsy, they want to get up, it gets loud, it gets late, and it just not happen. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so leadership in the home, that's just one example. There's plenty of examples for that. Mm. Listen, listen in, um, uh, to the fierce parenting podcast, <laughs> for that kind of stuff, um, which is available actually in, in a week or two. So, um, the final piece is provision. So RC Sproul mentioned, I mentioned a study in the eighties. Okay. And he, he's talking about, um, kind of things that, so the study was this, is that they found that men have five times as many nightmares as women, which is intriguing. I don't have a lot of nightmares, so I'm thankful for that. But mm-hmm. apparently five five times as many as women is what men have. And the number one fear of men that occupies and drives those nightmares is um, it always has to do with their providing for their families or their failure to do so. Mm. We are wired. For, like If I, I worry about money more than anything else, I, and I, I don't I don't say that with pride. I just say I'm not worried about getting a nicer car, a nicer house. Not I just I want to be able to provide for my family. I'm worried, Selena. I have a I have a document on the computer that I told you, Selena. If I die, open this. That's what it's called. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's true. And it, it's because I want to make sure you're taken care of. I want to make right. sure our daughters are taken care of. She's I want, got all these steps to go through. Like call this person, do this. You know, do, here's the bank account stuff. Here's where you find. Here's how all the stuff's set up. Like go get everything because I want you to have it all. Right. I want you to be taken care of. Not that I don't know where those things are. And I don't have access to them, people. We are equal in this stuff, well, remember? But he runs most of it because I. It's just it's logistics. It's just that's all logistics. It is. That's all it is. Um, but that's the whole point: is that I, there's this this innate need and desire to pr- mm-hmm. provide um, as a head of the household. Okay, and here's what it isn't, and we've talked about this a lot, so I'll go quickly. But it's not a chauvinistic thing. Right. I'm not lording it over you. It's not because I'm, and you said it, and we said it in the last episode. But God didn't just wake up and say, "Oh, men are awesome, so they're going to be the leaders." Right. No, he said, like, this is the order. Men right. happen to be men. Women are women. They're different. They're both valuable. This is the they order. They both have responsibilities and they, they both, both have authority. Yes. And there's a, a lot yes. that will be held accountable for equally. <laughs> yes. Um, also, it isn't tyranny. It's not permission for me to make my wife lower or to treat you poorly or to treat you like a slave. You don't live at my beck and call. Right. That's tyranny. That's selfishness. Mm. You don't exist to make me happy. That's not why you exist. You Sometimes exist to glorify God. <laughs> oh, you make me happy way more than you don't. Um, but you exist to glorify God. And my role is now to help you do that mm. better and to do that alongside you. And you, you help me glorify God better. Right. All right. And the third thing, and I'll, I'll just be the last one, but it's not passivity, right? My, my leadership, my, my headship is not an excuse to disengage. Mm. Right. And so a lot of men will disengage in various ways. I think the most common way is emotionally is that you just aren't available. And so that, that then presents itself, um, in all manner of issue, either you, you overwork or you're, you playing too much, whether it's video games or whether it's <laughs> out with your friends or whatever. Yeah. Um, or you just, you, you aren't, you, you aren't coming to the table and leading in the ways that you know that God would have you lead. Instead, you are just relegating that responsibility and saying, you know what, God look to her. She's got it. Right. You don't look to me. Look, to, look at her. It's her fault. Um, that's, that's Adam in the garden. That's mm. passivity. Um, no, men, we need to step up. And again, embracing this idea that I am, I am losing myself first in submission to God, then in service to my wife as the head of the household, because he's put me here. Not because I really, not because I deserve it, not because I'm awesome. 
but because this is just the way God has called us as unique husbands and wives in this marriage equation. So anyway, that's, that's what we have for you today. Wow. Um, a lot going on in here. So if you have questions, okay, uh, we know there's going to be some questions and we want to at least open up a channel for you to ask those. Um, I think the most obvious one is for you to text in 971-333-1120. That's our question line. You can text or call. In fact, I prefer a text. Keep it short and succinct, even though this is a new nuanced topic. <laughs> that helps us answer those more efficiently. We may or may not do a Q&A episode, but at some point um, uh, we will try to an- get those answered for you. Um, but other than that, I think this has been also a good episode, but also intense. So there's probably a lot of things going on in the hearts and minds of our listeners. Yes. So why don't I pray for us and then we'll call it, okay? Okay. Father, thank you for your truth. I thank you for your word that is clear if we let it be. Mm-hmm. Lord, I pray that you would um, help us uh, bring ourselves under the authority of your word and do so gladly, not gritting our teeth and begrudgingly, but instead that we would do so with trust that you are a good God and you are a promise keeper and that you are our covenantal God and you have uh, you have kept the promises you've made and that you have come down, you've condescended so that we could know you personally. So Lord, we submit to you. Lord, we submit our thoughts and our emotions and our desires um, around marriage, around headship, around helpership uh, to you. We give it all over to you and we ask, Lord, that you'd help us live out faithfully as couples your design, your model for our relationship as husband and wife. Lord, I pray for the couples struggling with this. I pray for the wives, the husbands who are dealing with their own version of struggle for this, that you would um, that you would help them, Holy Spirit. You come alongside them, convict them, mm. refine them, bring people into their lives that can, uh, that can um, walk alongside them. Lord, all for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, that's it for this episode. I do want to mention our um, the resource at gospelcenteredmarriage.com uh, once again. And the reason why we always mention that is because, A, we put a lot of hard work into it and we want it to be useful to as many people as possible. But B, we really do believe it's a valuable tool for getting on the same page with your spouse once and for all and getting connected like never before and staying that way. And so, uh, so when you do enroll and you do a six-week kind of onboarding course, there's all kinds of hard questions around expectations, around sex, around... Uh, communication around household economics, namely finances and division of labor. It's very tangible, lots of really tangible tools. You can blame us for your arguments if you want. <laughs> and <laughs> you, you might have a few arguments. <laughs> um, but that's available at gospelcenteredmarriage.com. You have to invest in your marriage. The, the tool is not free, but it's also not so, it's not out, it doesn't outprice you. I feel like it's very affordable. Um, and so, Check out gospelcenteredmarriage.com. We trust that will bless you um, if you take advantage of that. So this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... I can. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you again in about seven days. So until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.